Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes! Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Goody Ken sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Uh, we'll talk to Chris Carter in a few minutes. Actually, not in Pittsburgh. He's in uh, West Virginia for the Pitt-West Virginia game. Well, I got money on that game. Do you? I do. What you I got on it? Pitt. Half of a unit. Half of the unit. Panthers. They're uh, out to three and a half right now. I took the money line. Hey, speaking of the Panthers, the Panthers hockey team just scored. We got some hockey on in the studio tonight. Well, yeah, Scott's here. You know, yeah. we like Scott, so we figured, hey, here's some hockey for you. But no, dude, the Pitt Panthers this season, five and two, but playing pretty good basketball. Twenty seventh mm-hmm. in points per game, thirty second in field goal percentage, um, playing pretty good defensively as well. I do like them, but uh, we'll see if I'm on the right side here in a second. They are out to three and a half right now, so taking some money are the Pitt Panthers. Let me down in football. Hopefully they don't hear in college hoops tonight. <laughs> I also really want to bet. I love this Marquette team, but uh-huh. eight and a half in the Shaka Bowl. I'm so I was going to say, don't you like a revenge game occasionally? I'm, I'm tempted to grab the Longhorns with the points. Also was going to go under on Tyler Kolick assists at six and a half, but they juiced it minus 150. So I stayed away. I just want to watch this as a uh, fan. So go Marquette. Sometimes it's just nice, right? Just yeah. a little bit as a go little bit Dwayne as a Wade, fan. My stepmom went there. Big Marquette guy. Two of my favorite people on this planet. Dwayne Wade and my stepmom. Well, you know what? That's that's good. That, that's a good I short I also know list. she's watching tonight, and yeah, I want to get a Christmas present. Maybe, maybe some, maybe right some money. Yeah. yeah. You're sucking up. Chris Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette Locked on Steelers podcast jumps on with us again. And, uh, man, that total for tomorrow's game, Chris, is uh, that's we're sitting at 30. And I'm thinking of these offenses, especially what the, the Patriots bring to the table, or I guess you say don't bring to the table. And I'm thinking we got a really, really low-scoring game potentially tomorrow night. What's the, just what's the feel right now leading into this game with whether it's anybody covering the team, the fan base, just with the Steelers right now? What's the feel for tomorrow night? The feel is they better win this game because that's, <laughs> everyone felt everyone felt great after they beat the Bengals. The, the offense got 400 yards for the first time in three decades, and everyone was happy. And then they lose to a two and ten Cardinals team at home, embarrassingly. And even though Mitch Trubisky started, even though they're dealing with injuries at several other positions, there are no excuses for the Steelers to lose this game. Short week. Thursday night football against a Patriots team that hasn't beaten a team that scored 10 points or less in the past three weeks. This has to be a game they find a way to win. And I also think that there's been kind of a wake-up call to a lot of people uh, because, you know, some Steelers, there were certain Steelers, Deontay Johnson and Dan Moore uh, and Jalen Warren, they said, hey, maybe we took these guys a little lightly. And there were other Steelers that were like, well, we didn't in practice all week and we and we had to be ready. So, that's, so the people who are saying that, it says something about them as individuals. I think the Steelers are kind of ramped up about this game. They're 4-0 and they're coming off all their previous losses this year. I think that the, the focus right now is you've got to deliver because they said like, hey, the Cardinals didn't surprise us when anything. Every look that they gave them last week, they were prepared for it. If you look at the tape, the tape it says that. They got open receivers. They got they got the, the, the right running situation. They got the, the defense within position more often than not, they just failed in a lot of situations. They cannot afford to have that happen tomorrow night. 
Chris, I love uh, Najee, but I kind of want to free Jalen Warren. I want Jalen <laughs> Warren getting like 15 to 20 touches per game. I don't even have him on my fantasy team. I'm just a fan. But, you know, I was uh, scrolling through social media, and I'm not the biggest, like, headline guy, but I saw this headline today. Jalen Warren's comment after Steelers loss should put Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. You just kind of commented on that right there. I think that's crazy. I think Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the National Football League, especially when you look at this roster. What's your opinion on a, on a quote like that, a comment like that, you know, and just the job that Tomlin's doing with this team this season? Well, I think one of it, I think one, Jalen Warren's comment came immediately after the game. I think a lot of Steelers players were just frustrated because they're like, dang it, we knew, we knew we had to do it, we didn't do it. So they're just looking to say something. But when you talk to leaders on the team, like Cam Hayward, Pat Fryermuth, TJ Watt, Alex Heisman, you know, we talked to Najee Harris, we talked to a lot of those guys. They're like, we didn't take these guys lightly. We practiced all week preparing for exactly what they wanted to do. We just stunk today, and we got to be better than that. And I think that that's where a lot of this is from. But I, I agree with you. There are a lot of people in Pittsburgh that, that have been ringing the Mike Tomlin bell for 10 years now because they don't like him for whatever reason. But I think that there's some people that are starting to catch, that are starting to lean into that because they're like, look, you haven't won a playoff game since the 2016 season when you beat, when you beat Andy Reid in, in Kansas City when he was coming off the bye. You haven't, you, you've been having a lot of nine-win seasons the last couple of years. We'd like to see something different. And I think that people hear that, but I think that people also have to recognize that this team, as it's been constructed the last three or four years, would not have gotten nine-plus wins in any of those seasons without Mike Tomlin coaching it. I think the Steelers know that. I think the Steelers players, the, they're, they're, you know, the Maroons know that. And I think anyone who knows football knows that. So I don't think that Mike Tomlin's actually on a hot seat. The only way he would get on a hot seat is if they absolutely collapsed down the stretch here because then there would be a question, does he have the locker room? And that's the thing that Mike Tomlin has had every single year. The reason he's never had a losing season is because even when stuff is hit the fan, they lost Ben Roethlisberger, they went down to their fourth-string undrafted rookie FCS quarterback, Duck Hodges, who is a professional duck caller now. And he still <laughs> found a way to avoid a losing season then. I, I think that's the thing that, you, that would have to happen if Mike Tomlin were to ever be on a hot seat. I, I also think the Steelers team, the way it's constructed, even with Mr. Bisky at quarterback, they can, they, if they bounce back and they handle their business, they can beat the teams that are in front of them. Uh, I, I don't think any of these teams are necessarily outmatched the Steelers in too many ways that's coming down the stretch here. Hey, Chris, we do got to shout out Duck Hodges, though. I don't know who Lainey Wilson is, but I guess she's a country music yeah, she's artist. she's a country singer. And that's his girl. And so just like, but he, he, he did well. <laughs> he did well there. But uh, I actually, so that was such a weird game against Arizona, man, where like, I forgot it was even going down because of all the weather delays. You know, yeah. I'm watching on Red Zone, and I'm like, what is, what is, they, oh, this is still going on? But, you know, the first play of the game, I like what I saw. I was like, okay, we got a new play caller. Matt Canada's gone. We're going to push the ball down the field. And then it was like, you know, choppy because the delays and the injuries and whatnot. What do you want to see from the offense? What do you want to see more of coming up tomorrow night and just moving forward the rest of the way? Well, one, be more vertical with the passing attack. They started to do that early in the game, like you said, and it led to big, big yards. We're thinking, getting downfield, uh, you know, them, them moving the ball, and then that allowed to also set up the run because the run game was working. I mean, that's the other thing. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren ran very fine. They had over 130 yards, but they were taken out of the game, basically, because the offense, you know, stole, stalled, and the, the Cardinals built up, built up a lead, uh, a, 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 a double-digit lead, and that led to the problem. Uh, with being able to run the football, they had to kind of, kind of, kind of lean on the pass, and they were terrible on third down. That has to change in this game. they got to be able to lean on the run game, and I think part of that is you've got to back this Patriots defense off. This is still a good, a 
Patriots defense. They're aggressive. They're physical. They, they want to box you up. They want to make you play their style of football. You can't lead into that. You've got to make them back off with a, with a couple vertical hits. Mitch Trubisky's going to have to hit, get some one-on-one looks and take those shots, make sure they're calculated risks. And then once that happens, slow up the pace of the linebackers from the Patriots, and then you have you can start running the ball with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, a one-two punch that I truly think can be one of the more dangerous ones in the NFL if they execute right. So I think another big tone for the Steelers, the Steelers right now is the offensive line has to be better. They were not at their best last week against the Cardinals, some key missed blocks across the board, and uh, that's going to be something that they, they absolutely want to tune up. They had been on fire with over 150 rushing yards for four straight games, sitting just below that last week. They'll want to get that back up, and if they do that against a tough Patriots defense, I think it'll be a good tone setter for how the offense will play for the rest of the season. Now, Najee Harris is questionable for the game tomorrow night. Will they have that one-two punch together out there on the field? You think he plays? I, I think he does. I, the, I, yeah, I noted that like, you know he was he did not practice officially, uh, you know, throughout this week. But we talked to him on Tuesday in the locker room, and I, you know, normally if a player is not going to play, they don't pop. Like, you know, like, like mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett didn't talk this week. Granted, he had surgery and everything, so he's a little bit dra- more drastic. But, you know, typically, typically if a player is injured, they don't have to talk to media. And Najee Harris has not been the biggest fan of Pittsburgh media of late for, for, for certain things. So uh, if, if he wasn't playing, I feel like he wouldn't be talking. I think that he will play. They might change up the pitch count a little bit. They might lean on, on Jalen Warren a little bit more. But I think that, he, that they'll both play, and that'll both be fine. But this is also a Patriots defense that's very physical, and with their physicality, it could you know, put a lot on Jalen Warren. He's a smaller back, and having to lean on him for more carries in this game you know, could be a question there. But I think that he's, he's a hard worker. I talked to the current Steelers offensive coordinator, Eddie Faulkner. He, is, uh, um, he, was, he was the running back coach before that. And a year ago when they drafted Jalen Warren, I talked to him in training camp. He said, Chris, Jalen Warren was our sixth best running back in the draft this past year. We, just, we, didn't, we, knew, we, we didn't think someone would draft him. And as soon as he wasn't, he was the first guy we called. And so now he's living up to that height. They're going to lean on those guys. I think they're going to control the pace of the game uh, if the offense does what it's supposed to do. Who uh, in the skill position room, you know, other than the running backs, I'm looking at some player props right now. Fryer Muth's receptions are two and a half, but it's juice minus 160. Who do you think has the best relationship with Mitch Trubisky? Uh, Nick and I, we have to watch this game tomorrow night, so we're trying to find some player props to target. Who would you look at as far as receivers? I'd say Pickens, because if you look back to some of the George Pickens catches he made as a rookie, they were some of his best catches were made while Mitch Trubisky was quarterbacking. And it, I don't think it's anything special, like they hang out or anything like that. But just Mitch Trubisky, I think that he knows when he when he has a one-on-one chance with him, he's like, I'm going to get that guy the football, and he makes some spectacular plays. Uh, but at the same time, I think Mitch is a solid veteran who, who's going to try to do his best to just read the defense and act from there. That's so – Pickens and Johnson are two factors here. But I really think this team wants to get the ball to Pat Fryermuth. It's got the ball moving against the Bengals. They've got the ball to Pat Fryermuth. He had a, a, a career high of 120 receiving yards against them. And that opened up the middle part of the field. That opened up the run game. I feel like if you're the Steelers and you're preparing for this week, you've got to find a way to get the ball to him. Granted, the Patriots' safety in the middle part of the defense, that's their strong point right now as far as coverage-wise. So that might be a question. Do you want to play into that strength and test them there? Or do you want to try to go outside where they're limited because they don't have Christian Gonzalez on the outside and they're hurting at corners? So it's going to be a tough question there. But if I was to pick one player for this game, I'd say George Pickens just because of the history he's had with Mr. Bissett. Talking to Chris Carter, Bet MGM tonight. I'm, you know, I'm looking at the division here, and I mean, listen, the the Ravens are heavy favorites to win the division, but in the playoff picture in the AFC as a whole, I mean, we got the Browns sitting at seven and five in the sixth spot. 
We've got the Steelers at 7-5. and five. They're in, technically in the 5 spot there. And then even, I mean, as crazy as it may sound, the Bengals, if Jake Browning keeps playing the way that he did on Monday night, the Bengals may even have an opportunity to sneak into the playoffs here too. Wow. How many of these teams in the AFC North, when it's all said and done, do you think are actually playoff teams? I think that there's going to be, it's going to be the Ravens and the Steelers. I think the Browns, they have done as best as they can to endure the things they've gone through this year, but I think that they're in for some rough ones now. This week, they might have caught a break with the whole Trevor Lawrence situation because going into that game, I was like, well, they're not beating that team with Joe Flacco at quarterback, but now with C.J. Bethard on the other side of the ball and Christian Kirk not playing, maybe you can see something there. The Browns' defense is also really good at home, home and terrible on the road. So that might vote in their favor is the, is the fact that they're playing in Cleveland. So I think they might live for one more week, but I really think the Browns are on the verge of kind of just you know, giving their last gasp here because they have tried very hard to, to uh, you know work through their injuries right now, and I think that they're due for that. I think the Bengals, that was a really impressive what they did uh, mon- Monday night. I'm not sure if that's going to be something they can replicate with Jake Browning. We'll see about that. Um, but they also have some really tough games down the stretch, as do the Ravens. Uh, you know, the Ravens, they, they get to play the Jaguars level. They have, also have the Niners and the Dolphins coming up, and that's gonna, those are going to be some really big tests for them in those weeks. And then they finish with the Steelers. And in my history of just watching that rivalry, no matter where the teams are, the Steelers can be great, the Ravens can be bad, the Ravens can be great, the Steelers can be mid, and those teams are going to come down to a single possession game every single time. So that game's going to be a coin flip, and the Ravens got to do it. I, I think this is, this is much more of a free fall, but I think because of all the traffic that is going on right now, the Jaguars and the Texans and the Colts all being hovering around those same records, I think they're only going to be able to get two AFC North teams in the playoffs if things continue at the pace that they are. Um, and that, that's why these next few weeks are going to be crucial. And that's also why I think Steelers have to win this one and next week on the road at the Indianapolis Colts. If they can afford to drop a game in the coming weeks, it's going to be the, Colts, the, the uh, Seahawks game on the road uh, before the season finale against the Ravens. But they've got to win these next two especially uh, to, to keep building things forward. All right, Chris, uh, I want to switch gears really quick because right now you're at West Virginia Coliseum. I have some money on yeah. Pitt tonight. Man, they opened as one-point dogs. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites right now on the road against West Virginia. Total's 138-and-a-half. Does Pitt get it done tonight? Do they win this game? I think they should. I think that the team right now, their offense, when they get going, they are tough to stop. I think the West Virginia has been having, having a hard time. They're averaging around like 63 points per game. They're having a hard time of getting their flow of offense going. Uh, we did see that Akasha Sox uh, was uh, – uh, you know, announced to be able to be playing this game. He's been injured all season, so that's going to be a big boost for West Virginia's bench. Um, but I, I look at this this game, and a big factor is going to be the guard. Can pit, this guard is going to get pressured in this game, and when they do, how do they counter that? They did well against Oregon State. They did not do as well uh, against that against uh, teams like Florida and Missouri. I think they did better against Clemson against that, but they still lost a very good Clemson team that just had Joe Girard going off. I don't think that West Virginia has the guns to keep up with it the way that uh, Clemson did last week with Gerard just going uh, ridiculous from the from deep. I think that this is a pit win. I'd give him eight points in this, in this matchup. Chris Carter, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Locked On Steelers podcast. Great to talk to you again, man. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys. Yeah, uh, Mitchell Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi. There you go. Makes me feel really good about Jordan Love. Like, I was talking about it today on yeah. the Curtin Long podcast. I was like, man, Jordan Love's a top 10 quarterback. And everybody's oh, like okay. shocked when oh, I say this. You? And I'm like, in today's NFL, 
oh, well. this season. <laughs> With who's actually like, active and I look playing. At, oh, yeah, man. Like, Jake Browning, uh, C.J. Beathard. Know, like, Browning I think Jordan, pretty good. Jordan Love, the last three games, eight touchdowns, zero picks. He has been good. Against the Chiefs, three big-time throws, zero turnover-worthy plays. Well, you know what? Sometimes I it just takes wrong. a guy. He needs some, needs some starts under his belt, and maybe that's all he needed. It's bad MGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. It's not in Florida. I remember when Michigan played Georgia a couple of years in, ago in the in the Orange Bowl, and Michigan had a great offensive line then. And then they went up against Georgia and some of those SEC D linemen, and it just it wasn't the same. So I remember James Franklin. You know, he was talking about it. This was years ago, and he always said the biggest difference from the SEC to every other conference, and why there's this like SEC bias. Is, is the line of scrimmage for the defensive linemen. Like, they're just, they're different animals. You know, I don't know, Chelsea, if you saw the Eagles-Bills game from last week when Jordan Davis, the former Georgia defensive lineman, was chasing down Josh Allen on the sideline, and it's just this 330-pound animal just running after Josh Allen, 17 miles per hour, and it's like the, the, the SEC D linemen are just are different. So Michigan's got a great O-line. But uh, I think Bama will be able to hold their own. They got a really good secondary, too. So, uh, And they're getting a month to prepare. And they got Nick Saban, and they got Kevin Steele, who's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country as well. So I think it's going to be a tough game for Michigan to, uh, to move the football. I also think it's really telling that in the matchup between the number one and the number four seed, the spread is a point and a half. It feels like me. it's telling me that the market is really high on Alabama. Like, doesn't this seem shocking? Like, one would think the spread between the number one team and the number four team would be bigger than the spread between the number two and the number three team. But also, the number two team is also the underdog in that matchup by four and a half points. So it almost puts your brain in like a mental pretzel trying to think of all of the things that the market is telling us here. Were you surprised to see this line so short? And do you think that's telling us something about the betting market when it comes to Alabama? No, I I really wasn't surprised. I, I know Bama lost to Texas, but they went undefeated in the SEC. They beat Georgia. So, if anything, I'm almost kind of surprised that they're underdogs. Like, Nick Saban is a dog. I mean, they're giving that to us again. Like, that to me is like, Point and a half. that would be... That would be the trap, right? So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a pick em, right? I mean, it's even money. But, uh, 
Yeah, I, I was surprised Michigan opened up as the favorites because is Michigan better than Alabama, like, on either side of the ball? Like, is is their defense better? I know statistically they are, but, like, look at the offenses they've had to play this season. Like, I think they're pretty comparable. Maybe they're a little bit better offensively. I know they have some bigger names. Like, I know Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards are a better running back tandem. Maybe their receiving core is a little bit better. But I think Milrow's better than McCarthy. I mean, I know a lot of people like McCarthy. I'm, I'm, I think personally he's a little overrated. So, especially the way Milrow's playing as of late. Um, so yeah, I mean, both teams, it's, it's pretty similar on both sides of the ball. And then, you know, both head coaches are really, really good. But Nick Saban's the greatest of all time. And he's been in this spot numerous situations. Jim Harbaugh has lost his two college football play, playoff appearances. Um, so yeah, I'm, I mean, to me, I was I was surprised that Bama was a dog. Were you? Were you surprised? Like, if I didn't tell you what this line was, and I told you Bama was playing Michigan in the Rose Bowl, who would you think was going to be favored? Oh, I think it had to be Michigan, just because they're the undefeated team. I still think that the Big Ten holds enough weight that that uh, Michigan would be favored in this game. And Alabama has come on hot down the stretch, but also I think a lot of people are having trouble forgetting that Auburn game. Because think about that one play. What was it? Fourth and 20-something? Fourth and 30-something? Yeah. Fourth and 31. If that would have, you know, not came to pass, Alabama wouldn't even be in this situation. So I think some people are seeing that last game. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. How about the Wizards right now, Ryan? Up 69-65 on the Philadelphia 76ers. Live total is 241. Ooh. So we're looking all right. Looking good, looking good. A lot of NBA games tonight. You got the Magic down 13-65-52 to the Cavs at halftime. Memphis down three to the Pistons right now. That is like, that is a battle of two really bad teams. The Grizzlies and Pistons are playing right now. Dude, I bet, I bet that game I forgot to give it out, and I don't think anybody should have tailed me anyway. Although, yeah. I took the Pistons. I did. I took the Pistons. Did you really? Yeah, like, Kate, everybody was going tonight. Memphis is beat up, dude. Derrick Rose, God bless him. I love him. Top five yeah. in my book. But he was starting tonight, so it was uh, there was a little bit of line movement, and I said, I'm going to grab some Detroit. Really small, and I did play the Pistons. I've been betting a lot of hoops lately. I'm, had, I'm glad to see you back in. I had an awesome week in college basketball. Hit like 75% of my bets. Mm -hmm. And then last night, uh, hey, if we're going to celebrate the wins, we got to be honest about the losses. Yes, this I went is very three, true. I went three and nine Ooh, betting college hoops last night. That's brutal. Yeah. I'm betting we, look, like really small every game, except, you know, like if there's something I really like, mm -hmm. you know, I go a little bit harder, but um, like half a unit plays. And then, yeah, after a great week, three and nine last night, I think maybe this place might be bad luck. Oh, uh, I mean, I could have told you that. When I had COVID, <laughs> I was I was like, all right, we're off neutral floors now. I'm just going to try to, you know, see what the model has to say and try mm -hmm. to cap some of these games. And I didn't watch most of them because I was sick as hell. And so I would just place like 9, 10 bets, go to sleep at like 5 p.m., wake up the next morning, check the account. And I was on fire. And I was like, maybe this is the key right here, right? So what was, yeah, so what was your method then if you're blind betting college basketball games this just, early? So... I mean, betting as soon as possible. Okay. Look aheads the night before. You're getting like in closing line value means absolutely nothing. I feel. I feel like it. Lean, it like it, I mean, it means something. But in college hoops uh -huh. right now, it means like absolutely nothing. But I was beating the number on most of the bets. Uh, taking a look at it. 
So like the last. Well, I mean, but I, like, was it more totals? Was it more sides? Was it more underdogs? So was it a lot of totals and a lot of underdogs? Okay. okay, a lot of unders, some overs. Yeah, yeah, a lot of dogs though, and beat the number with most of them. You know, I like to grab dogs, obviously, like over the key numbers, over seven and a half, which used to be so important, especially at the end of games, uh, like three possession games. That used to be when teams would wave the white flag. You're down uh-huh. seven. You're down three possessions. All right, ten seconds to go. Just let the team dribble it out. Let's mm-hmm. get it, let's get out of here now, though. You see so much weird stuff with these I know. with these college kids. It's very frustrating. But End if you don't watch the games, you don't have to sweat. That, you just wake up and you either got the money uh, or you're broke. Isn't it so nice it's to not nice. sweat sometimes? Yeah. It's kind of nice. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a good thing to go through at least occasionally. The only so. thing that sucked was I was so miserable that I couldn't do my the, the season finale of the uh, tailgate kickoff. And I couldn't give out any of my bets for championship week. Couldn't talk about any of those games. Couldn't talk about the playoff. Had literally no voice. And even Friday night. Uh, I was so excited for that Pac-12 championship game, and I was sending you guys messages. I fell asleep in the fourth quarter. I had to rewatch it. I woke yeah. up at 2 a.m., and I saw the score, and I'm like, they lost? Oregon actually lost? And I had to go back, and I had to watch the game. That's how miserable I that's what my oh, yeah. wife My wife was like, I'm worried about you now <laughs> because you haven't shut up about this game in, like, three weeks. I know. you got. I and mean, it's it the was last just, one ever. It was, it was your Super Bowl. Well, I guess you got all of bowl season, but I feel like championship weekend, there's more to it. I don't know. Those bowl games... You, a lot are bet and forget if you don't really want to watch. They're just paid exhibition games. Yeah. So the I, reason I like the bowl games now is, um, like, as a fan, you know, like, let's say um, Caleb's not going to play. Uh huh. You know, Bo Nix is going to play for Oregon, but let's say, like, he was going to opt out. You could see maybe what you have in some of these backups, some of yeah. these five-star true freshmen. Sure, sure. I mean, there you there know? is that, but I mean, in terms of like, it's tough to wager. Just on. yeah, it's, it's cap, there, though, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of things you got to kind of you know think about and worry about here so yeah. you know and it's at this point now I mean so if we because we, we talked about this a lot I know you've missed you obviously missed some time so we yeah. haven't had a chance to get into it a ton feels like to me like the Heisman and the NFL MVP have both fluctuated we've watched the odds we've watched uh, really nobody truly separate themselves I feel like now we at least have separation in the Heisman versus the MVP Jaden Daniels is winning this Heisman Oh, I hope so. I I hope I know you and you got him at a good price, didn't you? What was it? Yeah, so I got eighteen to one, I got twelve to one, and I got nine to one on okay. Daniels. I bet him three times. And I because no one's really separated themselves with like checking all the boxes, the fact that the LSU had three losses shouldn't be held against them because damn it, that defense was horrendous this year. And there's oh, nobody yeah. that I would look at that say has had a better season and deserves it more than him. Maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr., but like we know wide receivers just don't win it. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the NFL MVP right now with Dak and Brock Purdy, both 3-1. to one. Jalen Hurts is 4-1. to one. Mahomes is plus 650. Two is 8-1. to one. Lamar is 8-1. to one. And I'm sitting here going, I could make an argument for... Everybody on there, including Christian McCaffrey at 20 to 1. We know he's not going to win it, but if there was ever a year that a non quarterback could win the damn award, this would be the year that it should actually happen. But it's just really hard for me to like feel comfortable in that market right now in MVP versus like Heisman. Again, it doesn't really matter at this point now, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like now we can at least go, all right, it's probably Jaden Daniels. He separated himself at this point with Bo Nix losing the way that they did in the, in the title game. It's funny because, like, really quick on Jaden Daniels, like, I going into the season, people were like, he's probably not even a quarterback at the next level. He's probably a wide receiver. It was like Lamar Jackson all over again, and his player comp right now is maybe a more accurate Lamar Jackson. Yep. If he could stay, I was going to say if he could stay clean in the pocket, if he could stay healthy, he's going to leave the pocket. He's going to use his legs. He's electric. I mean, mm-hmm. he could be a 1,000-yard rusher. He is Lamar Light. 
he's just got to avoid those big hits and stay healthy because he's so frail. He's so you know, thin. I don't know how much muscle you could put on him, how much bigger you want him even. Mm-hmm. But, man, he's good. And he's going to win Heisman, win me a bunch of money. As far as the MVP market, man, I still got the Lamar bet. Still the same price, 8-1. to one. He's most likely not going to win. But you look at the top of this board, Dak 3-1. to one. Do you trust Dak to win the big game? Dak has to beat Philadelphia yes. this weekend. This that determines the... the division, and that eliminates one of them from the MVP. Yeah, both, yeah. So, both those. So him, him and Jalen. This is, and I feel like Jalen. I mean, he's only four to one right now, and he's got the highest ticket percentage. I get he's got the highest handle percentage. He's the biggest liability. I think he's out of the race at least for a little bit, even if they beat Dallas and he performs well because of what he did against the Niners and what Purdy did against the Eagles. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. a Heisman matchup. If Daniels and Bo Nix were to go head-to-head and Oregon rolls LSU 48-7, to you know what I mean? Like, Bo Nix is going to get the looks right there. Right. And that's kind of what I'm seeing with Purdy, and that's why he's 3-1 to right now. And he's going to win it before CMC does, um, unfortunately. CMC would be Offensive Player of the Year, and Purdy yeah. would be the MVP because it's a quarterback award right now. But it's tough right because now, then but... there's Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill could have 2,000 yards receiving. Yeah. And so Christian McCaffrey could have the year that he's having and not win a single award. I would love to see. If Tyreek goes over 2,000 yards, man, I would love to see it. But I would... I would rather bet, price-wise, you would rather have the 14-1. to 1, But sure. case-wise, I would make the case for Tua 8-1 to, eight to one over Tyreek at 14-1. to one. Yeah. Because, I mean, he didn't go over 2,000 yards, but look at the season that Cooper Cup put together a couple seasons ago when the Rams won the he Super Bowl. He had, what, 1,800? And he was just, yeah, and he was Offensive Player of the Year. Yep. He should have been the MVP that season, you could have argued. Over well, Aaron he Rodgers. did get Super Bowl MVP, so that made up for it. Yeah. So there was that. But no, you're right, and it's like, if you look at both of the names... That are on here, and well, let me, let me check. In terms of the quarterbacks, with Brock Purdy and Tua, and you're looking at them saying, but they've got great offensive players that they're playing with, right? Yeah. Well, Christian McCaffrey, you could at least make the argument he can do some stuff on his own. Like you get the ball in his hands as a running back, and he makes plays. He can go out in the slot and be a receiver. He can do all kinds of different things. Tua. Like, has to get the ball to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Like, uh, wide receivers have always said this about wide receivers. Is there, if you don't have a good quarterback or you don't have a good assembly line of success, by that I mean offensive line protecting the quarterback, quarterback getting time to throw the football, accurately getting it to his wide receiver. Like, if all those things don't happen, you basically just have an overpaid decoy. Look at Terry McLaurin right now in Washington. Dude had... No receptions last game. Thank God he's not a diva because he made a joke about just running a bunch of cardio. If there's any receiver that deserves to be saying, hey, get me the damn football more, it would be Terry McLaurin. But you see you're not getting all that offensive line is a joke in Washington. So it's hard when you look at Tua for me to either bet or even justify the MVP Tyreek Hill over Tua because Tua is also having an MVP caliber season and he's a quarterback, and he's getting the ball to Tyreek Hill. Like, Tyreek can't do it on his own. You know what I mean? So, like, it's yeah, it's, it's un- like the, it's really hard to make that, even though Tyreek is having a historic season. So, that's, that's just what I hate about the MVP award in the NFL. You just, you lose out on, and I guess in a lot of ways, Offensive Player of the Year kind of fills the gap maybe for somebody that doesn't play quarterback to get recognized for the season that they had. But it just... If there was ever a year, man, Christian McCaffrey, non-quarterback winning it, nobody separated themselves enough for me to truly say, I think they deserve it. Now, that could change over the last month of the regular season, but right now it just doesn't feel that way. Although, yeah, either Dak or Jalen Hurts gets eliminated, I think, whoever loses that game on Sunday. Yeah, with Tua and Tyreek, that's a good point. They almost cancel each other out, Uh right? Like, it's unfair, but that's probably how that works. It's like in the NBA 
where if Dame goes to the Bucks and averages 34 points per game, he's not going to get most likely he's not going to get a whole lot of MVP yeah. love because they also have Giannis. They're going to cancel each other out. Yes, and I feel like that's the same situation for Tua and Tyreek. Unfortunately, Dak three to one. Dallas has to beat Philadelphia. Dallas might have to run the table and get the one seed in the East. And I just I don't know. I mean, I have the bet, but I don't know if I trust that. Purdy, you can make the case like. Hey, he's got great numbers. You could also say, well, he's got a bunch of talent around him. He's right. got the best tackle in football right. in Trent Williams. He has Debo. He has Brandon Ayuk. He has George Kittle. He has C-Mac. And he has Kyle Shanahan calling the plays. But still, I mean, he's the one putting up the numbers, and he's the quarterback of the best team in the NFC. Yes. And they play the easiest schedule remaining, one of the easiest schedules remaining in the NFL. So he's going to continue to pad those stats, man. And they're going to win the division because who else? Like They're, what, minus 2,500 or whatever right now. Hertz cost himself with that game against San Fran. Mm-hmm. The only other case also, I'd quick, be able to Hertz make... Hertz has not had a year that he had last year either. No. Last year like, was a, before he got either. hurt, not yeah. the same player this year. And you can say the same thing. Like, he's not having the same year. The numbers mm-hmm. are down a little bit. Look at his weapons. A.J. Brown has been silent the last couple weeks compared to what he did the first couple weeks of the season. Devontae Smith, you have a bunch of weapons, which helps him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. The only other case I can make... So for me right now, it would be between Dak and Purdy. Who's going who's gonna to end up with the number one seed in the NFC? I'm out on Jalen for now. Or you could say, well, Mahomes doesn't have the best weapons right now. He's got Travis Kelsey, Sky Moore, MVS. Yeah, yeah. So if the Chiefs are able to run the table, like for Andy Reid to win coach of the year, the Chiefs have to go 17-0. and mm-hmm. Mahomes doesn't have to go 17-0, and maybe even get the one seed in the AFC. But man, if they run the table, you know what I mean? Like if they do get the one seed mm-hmm. or a two seed home field advantage, I think he's going to get some love, and I don't know that you're ever going to get a better price than plus 650 with Patrick Mahomes if you believe in the Chiefs because that would be the case for him. Hey, we know that this guy's won the award. We know he's the best quarterback. We know Andy Reid's his play caller, but, man, he does not have weapons right now. Yeah, And And they're still winning games because of him. If you take him off that team, they might be a four-win team. So that's the case you could make for Mahomes and maybe why you'd want to bet him at that price. I think that's a fair justification for that, honestly. And and really, again, if we sit here and talk about, like, we just poked holes in everybody, right? Reasons why they shouldn't win it one way or the other. A lot Mm -hmm. of talent around them or somebody's getting them the football. And when you really look at it, the guys that truly define right now MVP this year are Patrick Mahomes and CJ Stroud is 25 say, to dude, 1, man. Like, I would are you see him kidding me? Rookie of the year. I, I mean, it is an unbelievable season that he's having behind an offensive line that's an absolute joke. Now he loses Tank Dell for the rest of the year, but let's say that offense keeps humming along. He's also lost another weapon, and yet they're still playing the way that they are. To look at where they were last season to this year, you had the second overall pick, second worst record in the NFL. To now being, if they make the playoffs, let's say they're a playoff team and they win, I don't know, nine games. That's a massive improvement. I mean, when you go, how many games did they win last year? Was it three? The Texans two or two? Last I mean, season? two, right? Because they yeah. won the last game of the year. It was two. Yeah. So if they go from two wins to nine wins, remember Andrew Luck, his rookie year with the Colts, they went from two wins to eleven. Yep. Like he deserved MVP consideration his rookie year too. We haven't seen that much of a jump and that much improvement since really Andrew Luck when he was the rookie quarterback for the Colts. I, if this just again, I know we've got like the standards and we've got the cliches and it's probably going to be something simple like it's Jalen Hurts just winning or whatever. It's Brock Purdy and and great for Brock Purdy. They'd be a great story, but really. In a year where people haven't separated themselves, you got to kind of look at sort of the more, I don't know if extreme cases is the right choice here, but like non-quarterback in Christian McCaffrey or somebody in Patrick Mahomes, it's not having maybe as good of a year as we've seen in the past, 
but not working with as much, or C.J. Stroud as a rookie. Like, that's that defines an MVP with what he's doing and the way that that team has improved from last year to this year. I know it's not just him. Yeah. I know it's coaching. I, there's a lot of different things, but let's be honest with ourselves. It's a quarterback-driven award anyway. We know how important the quarterback actually is to a team, and my God, look at him. He's done, he's done what an MVP would do for a team. He's the favorite to lead the league in passing yards. That's always not a good thing, especially with a young quarterback. You could be trailing, playing from behind, sure. padding your stats. Sure. But that's not the case, man. Like They have a shot to win that division, especially because we don't know how healthy or when Trevor Lawrence is officially coming back. I kind of chuckled this morning when it was like Doug Peterson says Trevor Lawrence won't practice today. It's like, well, no, duh. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, why would he be out there? But yeah, he's the favorite to win passing leader, plus 200. Um, and yeah, like he's he looks really good. I don't think he'll win the award. But what I would do, Coach of the Year, Dan Campbell, I get the Lions haven't won the division since 1992, but mm. rather than go Stroud MVP, and the price isn't great, but D'Amico Ryans is still yeah. plus 250. Yeah. He's got to be your Coach of the Year. That's yeah, a I top would t- 10 defense yes. right now. The offense looks good. How does he not win that award? That was a team that their win total was five and a half coming into the season. The Lions were supposed to be good. I guess we what we really have to think about is just what the last four weeks are going to be. Right? Like, that's sort of what you think about. Like, how do the Lions look the last four weeks? And they've kind of been trending in the wrong direction. I mean, you like the Bears on Sunday. I think the Bears are going to win that game outright. So, and like, let, I mean, Detroit's got the 16th toughest schedule the rest of the way. Win percentage at about 517 the rest of the season. Houston's got a win per, uh, a strength of schedule of 26. So, that can help, right? Like, they start winning more games in Detroit. D'Amico Ryans becomes the favorite, and you miss yeah. out on that plus 250. So, yeah. I'm with you, though. I think D'Amico Ryans deserves that award, too. I think that's a good bet. I think yeah. that's a good bet to make right now. So do I. I mean, it's not plus 800, but no, yeah. yeah. It's bet MGM the night. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM Tonight, presented by Bet MGM, live from BetQL. I'm saying, okay, well, Alabama played great against Georgia, but there is a team that struggles in there somewhere, and it was just a couple games ago. But from a betting standpoint, when you see this amount of parity in the top four teams, I think that's when you take a look at an underdog. When it comes to the futures market and who wins it all, Michigan plus 170, Alabama plus 190, Texas plus 310, and Washington 7 to 1.
so I, I think a lot of people will look and be like, yes, like Dak, uh, depending on which book you, you go to, either Dak is the favorite, Brock Purdy is the favorite, or Jalen Hurts is the favorite, but the, all three of them are priced very similarly everywhere. So there are essentially now three favorites for league MVP, and the guy we bet is one of them. That's really good. And part of that's because the Eagles lost yesterday. That was a big part of it. And... But there was this moment, I'm sitting there, and Debo scores his second touchdown. So he scores on a long run, which is important, not a pass from Brock Purdy. Scores on a really long run, and the Eagles go up by two touchdowns. It's the third quarter, and I'm sitting here. on my. I'm sitting, well, not here. I'm sitting up on my couch where, up on my couch where I'm much more comfortable. And I'm, I'm watching you, the game. I'm telling you, buddy, if you're, if, you're, if you're sitting in this seat all weekend, like, we need to have an intervention. No. We got to get you out of I'll there. I'll come down on Monday morning to, like, do work in this office, and the mic is still set up with the headphones from Sunday morning. And I just, <laughs> I look at it, and I just, like, shudder. It's like, Ugh, I got to go back to this again. <laughs> so, anyway, so I'm upstairs in front of the Christmas tree watching the game. I'm sure everybody was watching the Eagles Niners yesterday. Debo scores on the run. They're up two touchdowns. And I'm thinking this has a chance to be like a 100 out of 100 possible result for getting Dak MVP home. Because at that moment, Purdy's numbers were incredibly pedestrian and they were already up two touchdowns and the Eagles looked completely lifeless in the game. I was not really worried about Hurts or like a comeback or anything. I believe this was before the altercation on the sideline with Dre Greenlaw and the Eagles security guy. But like it's, it's you, you know, Dom. Two, you know, you know, Dom, Dom you know. <laughs> You know, the assistant to everybody, whatever his title is. So anyway, he's it's two touchdowns and Purdy's like numbers really aren't that good. And I'm like, this has a chance. Like, I need them to win. That was the most important thing. Looks like they're going to win. They're they're clearly the better team in that game. And uh, and Purdy's numbers aren't great. And I go, we're going to be like this. Dak might be the sole favorite. Like, this is going to be unbelievable. And then Purdy's next two touchdown passes are just I'm like screaming at the Eagles defense, like, please, somebody tackle him. So Debo catches this pass like one yard past the line of scrimmage, turns and sprints like Usain Bolt in a straight line. We're back with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvat, Nick Ashew, tonight's uh, 51-46 Spurs over the Timberwolves right now. Look at that. Those 3-16 and 16 Spurs. Or wait, are they 3-18? and 18? I've lost track. They have three wins this year. That's all I know. Spurs not good. Yeah, no, no. Next year's the year for the Spurs, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. This was never going to be the year. This no. is the magic year, anyway. I mean, granted, they're in the East, but... They're going to steamroll their way to the NBA Finals, kids. <laughs> and this time, Nick Anderson ain't going to be around oh, to brick a bunch man. of free throws and cost them. That guy I loved that team, even though they beat my Bulls to get there. Jordan was gone mm-hmm. that year, you know. 3D, Dennis Scott, Horace Grant. Did you ever watch the, uh, was it a 30 for 30 on it with on Penny and Shaq? There was a 30 for 30 It was either a 30 for 30 or something on that Magic team, yeah. Really? No, it was, somehow that... I missed that. I mean, one, it's probably it's, pro- it. it's probably seven or eight years old at this point. I was um, a big penny guy, man. Everybody was getting the Jays, and I was rocking the pennies, the ear pennies. A great commercial. Oh man, I was I penny blue chips. By the way, oh, shout out yeah. blue chips. Shaq mm-hmm. also in that movie as well. But man, Penny's career. Uh, he know. was one of those guys. Him, Grant Hill. Yes, Brandon Roy. I mean, later on, but um, Tracy McGrady. It just Derrick Rose. It sucks, man. Injury sucks. I so hate much. it. I hate when injuries ruin somebody's career. You know, Greg Oden. I would have loved to see what Greg Oden could have been. Yeah, there's like, there's two things I really hate in this world, right? Sour cream and injuries. Really? Yeah. I'm not even on chili. No sour cream on chili. No. And I bring really? this up because the uh, the other day when I finally got my taste and my senses back. I was eating soup every single day, just yeah. like broth. Yep. And my wife, for whatever reason, she's like, I, I got my taste. 
I want Taco Bell. And I was like, of all wow. things, you want Taco Bell? That's what she came back out of the out of the sickness and, with, huh? And um, well, no, 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 because they put sour cream all over my. That's my only request. No yeah. sour cream and all over anyway. all the tacos. My wife didn't check the order. Brought it back. Love sour cream. Didn't eat the Taco Bell. Love and, sour cream. Uh, last night was actually the first night that I've ate anything other than soup. I had some grilled chicken when I got home, a little rice. Good Today for you. Today we woke up. We got back in the gym. We hit the sauna. Yeah. Saw our buddies. Uh, they asked me about the debate. I guess there's a debate tonight. There's there's some some debates tonight. Yes, there are. Yeah. There's there's lots I, of them. I Did, told them I don't care. I, I, every time we I talk just, politics, I'm like I don't care. I'm more worried is uh, you know CJ Beathard going to be able to cover the number the next couple. Did weeks. they did they talk to you about defensive player of the year at all and whether uh, Miles Garrett or Micah Parsons is going to win? Micah Parsons is the favorite at even money. I still feel like it's Miles Garrett. Yeah, dude. I you? mean, none of the prices are good, but I mean, again, then you still have TJ Watt. It's tough, man. Like, it's down to those three. Those are three of the best, def- obviously, the best defensive players in the NFL, and they're all time greats already. I mean, Micah Parsons is on track to be an all time great. And it, I just feel like with Micah Parsons, you've got other talent on that deep. Like, he kind of almost gets not overshadowed. Because clearly they talk about how, like, right, the defense doesn't – if he doesn't get home, the secondary gets hung out to dry, and mm-hmm. that'd be – but you, doesn't it feel like the hype was at the highest? Because sometimes that's what this comes down to, right? The hype, the narrative around some of these players, where are the votes going to go? It just kind of feels like rookie year for Micah Parsons, that was the year for him. Yeah. And now he's been held to that standard every year, and it just doesn't feel the same anymore. He's just so damn good, though, right? Like, yes. Like, him, Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt. I love Parsons and Garrett. I'm not the biggest Watt guy. He's a great player, but like Parsons and Garrett, I just love watching them. You know, mm-hmm. you watch the All-22 or you watch the game on Sundays, and you're following them, and you're seeing like they have to get double teamed, and they're just – it's crazy just like watching these guys, man, because growing up, it was like Lawrence Taylor, mm-hmm. and, and, and they just weren't built like these guys. Um, you look at Micah Parsons. He's a genetic freak. Miles Garrett is a genetic freak. You saw that yes. video, him without his shirt and the gray sweatpants. I was oh like, my God, gosh. I was like, playing this, basketball. Mute this so my wife does not see this because I don't know what that <laughs> thing is. But <laughs> he's like the Terminator out there, man. I just, I would go with Micah, like if we're taking price out of this, because I'm a big believer in Dallas. I think they're live against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're favored in the game. I, I bet the Eagles, though. If you're going to give me three and a half with the Eagles, yeah. I'm going to take it. But if they win this game, you know, and the Cowboys end up getting the one seed or the two seed, they're America's team, Parsons is going to get that love. And I worry a little bit about the Browns moving forward. Not so much on the defensive side of the ball. Garrett's going to – and I get this doesn't have anything to do with the team. But I just feel like if they have comparable numbers, Parsons will get the love if Dallas is the better team. And I'm worried yeah. about the Browns moving forward. I'm not really high on the Steelers moving forward. If anybody wants to bet Deron Bland to win the award, it's 16-1 to 1 right now. Uh, the Horvat book will give you 50-1. to 1. There's a reason why he had all those interceptions, right? Because he's getting picked on. He's getting targeted. And so, right. yeah, like he'll give you a pick well, six, but he he's also going to give up like eight, nine receptions. Man. They were just, they were locating him and, and just like calling him out. Toast, toast. You know that what I mean? That was unbelievable. So, I mean, it, 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 he got so exposed in that game, and he just went, oh, okay. This like, if, is... like, like Stephon Gilmore wanted a couple of years ago. Look at the numbers he put up. So I couldn't do it. Josh Allen, no. Nick Bosa. Man, Nick Bosa, the sack number's down this season. He's still getting pressures and mm-hmm. has more quarterback hits than anybody else. But I would cut it off, as crazy as this sounds, after the first two guys. I don't even think T.J. Watt has a shot. It's Parsons or Garrett, and yeah. I would lead Parsons. But I would rather have Garrett. In terms of uh, handle percentage, Micah Parsons in at the highest, 22% for BetMGM. Highest ticket percentage, though, Aiden Hutchinson 
15 to 1. Where's he at? You have the rest of it in front of you right now. Where is he in there? So Hutchinson is, you know what, man? He's down actually. Like he's because he's, fall, he's falling down a bunch. 40 to 1. He is 80 to 1. Aiden Hutchinson's 80 to 1 now? He's all the way down to 80 Good to 1 God. right now. Fred Warner's 50 to 1. I would love to see one year where Fred Warner wins that award. Best he's linebacker like a in the NFL. Back, man. Like just Brian old Urlacher, school, just going to a tackle machine. Cover sideline to sideline. Good in coverage, mm-hmm. too. You know, you, you don't get that with a whole lot of these guys. Max Crosby's 40 to 1. He's not going to win the award. Yeah, I think it's between Parsons, Garrett, outside shot for Watt. Bland's not winning it. Josh, no, Allen. No. Josh Allen's not winning it. I have some serious concerns about that Jags defense. They just let the Bengals hang 400 yards on them without Joe Burrow. Yeah, so. yeah. It's I, I'm I'm concerned. Yeah, that if, if the run defense fails for the Jags, then too, then we got a big, big, big problem. Hey, did you know that there is a college football bowl pick'em challenge that BetMGM has right now? I tried to uh, use a fake alias to get in there. They, Didn't work. They found me. They caught me. <laughs> well, other than Ryan Horvath, you can enter this for a grand prize of up to $25,000. You've just got to predict the most college football bowl games against the spread correctly. If you're an eligible user, which is not us sitting here, we can do it, but they won't let us win, I don't think. Uh, we still haven't gotten that truly confirmed, but Scott's basically saying it can't happen, so I'm going to assume that that's the case. You just go to the promotions tab on the BetMGM account. Either one, you go on the app, the website. You've done it all. You know where to go. It's oh, not, yeah. that, not, not that hard. Uh, and then you just find the Bet MGM College Football Bowl Pick'em Challenge. Go ahead, submit all of your picks. Boom, it's done. We know how these pick'ems go. We've done them before. And then if you are the grand prize winner, you get twenty five grand. Flip that thing around, take it on the Patriots to cover tomorrow night. No, 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 that's going to work. Ooh. Won't be able to do it. That would be, that would be scary. You don't want to do that. Yes, Scott? One super cool thing. A lot of places, they're like, oh, get it. you got to do all the games right now. Yeah. Yeah. Customers do not need to make all the selections at once. Selections on games can be made up until kickoff. Oh, for each that's actually game. That's, that's a really big deal. That's very yeah, because you'll know cool who's playing in those games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's huge. I mean, right? Because I don't bet. I mean, some of these games you want to wait. You want to see who's going to be available, uh-huh. who's going to opt out, injuries, which coaches are going to be, you know, showing up mm-hmm. as well. So that is a great deal because, like, a lot of these contests, you have to get in right away. So that's why BetMGM is the king of sports books. It's a great prize. I wish I could enter. I tried. Don't use the name Nick Papa Giorgio. Yeah, I it tried. Work. It's been outlawed. <laughs> but do yourself a favor when you do get in there and you're making your picks. A couple you could play right now. Virginia Tech is going to beat Tulane. Louisville's going to beat USC. Notre Dame's going to beat the corpse of Oregon State. Missouri's going to beat Ohio State. Penn State's going to beat Ole Miss. And uh, one more for the people, Nick. Right, How one about, more. Which one? Uh, let's see, what should we give? Let's give out um, Arizona's going to win outright against um, Oklahoma. Oklahoma mm-hmm. doesn't even have Dylan Gabriel. He's left. And yeah, one more. Crazy. Old Dominion. Western Kentucky's entire offensive ah, line hit the transfer portal. Yeah. ODU outright. Don't really love them as three-point favorites or two and a half, but uh, yeah, there's a couple bull picks for you. That's a great contest, though. That is. I, I, yeah, and it's funny. It's sitting there in front of me, and I should have made that a point. I'll make sure I mention that every time. Thank you for pointing that out, Scott, because uh, you get excited about these these pickums, and then you don't forget, like, oh, wait, there's little details in there that makes it yeah. unique. That is great. Alright, it is a Wednesday. Maybe a little, little game, Scott. Play a little Would You Rather, perhaps? <laughs> It's now time to play Would You Rather with BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Russ, thank you for the excellent imaging. (laughs) Would you rather, Ryan, we'll start with a quick one. Yes, sir. For Thursday Night Football. Talked about this with Chris Carter earlier in the hour. Big game. Big game. Would you rather, gentlemen, both teams go over quarterback passing yards 
or team total scores. So your example, of course, Trubisky and Zappi to go over their passing yards prop, yardage prop, or the Pats team total over and the Steelers team total over. Would you rather, Horvy? Gosh, man, I would rather take the I passing yards or some sour cream in a bowl. So I'll the- go. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, maybe the sour cream. I'll go with the passing yards because. I don't know if either team's either going to be even going to be able to run the ball in this match. So, well, the Steelers should be. Able to. At least remember, Zappy went down to one fifty six and a half. Yeah. So and Trubisky's at one eighty and a half. So those have gone. Lo- those have both dropped. So that's an opportunity. If you're going to take the over on those, at least those numbers have gone lower. At some point, Bailey Zapp. I mean, I don't know. He may not even go over one fifty six. But God, I hate this. Yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> oh, I hate it this so is much. What makes it fun, gentlemen. <laughs> is it, I though? mean. <laughs> the question is going to be like, can the Patriots? Oh gosh, this is going to be bad. Can they protect Bailey Zappi? Because if they can't, uh, he's going to be in big trouble. If they can, the Steelers' pass defense isn't great, man. Bottom ten in the league. But if they're able to get pressure, force some mistakes, it could get ugly. So maybe I would actually rather go team total over with Trubisky against Zappi because we could see some turnovers. We could see some pick sixes, some scooping scores. Guys get sloppy with the football. So you know what? I'll actually take the points. Who knows, man? Maybe this is a shootout. Maybe it's 48-40. No. Wouldn't that be something? Well, listen, every Thursday night game we talk about, right, it's you don't get the best of teams. It doesn't. It's always like they're downgraded a little bit. What if this is the opposite? It's like usually the game is drunk, so this is going to be drunk in the other way, and they're going to be better at beer pong yeah. because they're drunk. That's like, the only uh, – like, then all of a sudden everybody's scoring. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, I'd probably go over t- team total points, but, man – that's that's. I mean, the Patriots were sitting at three and a half on Sunday when they were still obviously scoreless, and I, I wish I bet it and I did. Not that it was like some great price; it was just a minus one ten. But like, I'm looking at that going, yeah, they might not score a single point in this game, and there's a chance they don't do that again. They should just. Here's the thing, man. Like Jake Browning and and uh, in in the in the Bengals the other night, Zach Taylor, they just went out there and they let it rip. There's nothing to lose. Why the hell would the Patriots not do the same thing? Bailey Zappi is going to be probably on the SEC network or ESPN right. talking college football in two years, right? He's not going to be in the league. Go out there and let it rip, kid. Pretend you're Dan Marino out there. Trubisket, you'll be in the league for a long time because you're a great backup. I want to see Malik Cunningham play. Let him get out there and get a chance. Let the kid play. Let the kid play, Can't damn be it. any worse. Right. What do you have to lose if you're the Patriots? A game? What a terrible matchup. I can't I can't sell it. Why was it not we'll flexed? We'll be here for it. Why was it not flexed? I'll probably bet it. I just don't understand why it wasn't Luckily, flexed. Luckily, we'll have and NBA and college hoops, too. It's bet MGM tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM Tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. Live from BetQL.